I'm Dr. Gene Hemsler, and you're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. For more than 25 years, my associates and I have been providing straightforward, no-nonsense advice for your financial questions. Email us at drgene at hemsler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, May 11th, 2019. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...for essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Greed. ...in the dollar... ...is It's a late rally on Wall Street... ...too big to fail... ...growing the economy... ...growing the economy... It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Monitor. Good morning. What up, fam? I'm your wokest host, Troy Harmon. Yeah, you hear? Go ahead and laugh, Jerry. Oh, you've been breaking out that Urban Dictionary again. Uh, well, uh, you know, you Urban Dictionary is not something you can use at work. Yeah, well, not most it's, of it. It's but, pretty know, bad. It's got these, these millennial words you're throwing out well, here. This individual that's talking to me, by the way, is Jarrett McKenzie. He's the rankest host. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. A little more of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've been working hard to be a hipster. <laughs> I'm going to be that. the biggest hipster doofus anyone ever saw. If I could only grow enough hair to have a man bun, <laughs> I think I'd be in the game. Yeah, I yeah. bet your children just love you. Oh, oh, well, yeah, of course. They <laughs> roll their eyes. My oldest, actually. Turned 16 recently, and uh, Ooh, we're, milestone. We're, yeah, big time. And uh, she hardly even replies when I say anything like that. <laughs> but like I said, I, I it's it's a purposeful thing. I just want to try to keep myself uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, up with the times. Yeah. Although I did read somewhere that uh, woke has been officially declared dead like a year ago by uh, by um, Saturday Night Live of all folks. Oh, really? And they, just worn uh, out? Let's, let's face morning, it. Or? I guess. I mean, they said it was first brought on the scene in 1965. They got references to something being woke. Hmm. But then they, you know, it was like supposedly 2010 was when it was dead. But, hey, isn't that the way yeah. it is? Well, naturally, it's time guy to start using it on the show, right? A guy that's <laughs> that far behind the scenes ought to, <laughs> ought to get woke about nine years later. There you go. Yeah. That's usually how it goes. Exactly. Well, hey, we're, uh, we're going to spill some tea over the uh, financial situation, that's what the uh, that's what this show's about. That's Talking right. about financial information, uh, ways that you can um, manage your money to uh, grow your wealth. And also on the show, and I haven't heard her say, but about one or two things, maybe about my kids loving mm-hmm. <laughs> Jennifer Thomas, who is uh, managing. Uh, she's a, a principal, mm-hmm. but she also manages to some degree yes. the yeah. planning and implementation department. She's like the big manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She keeps us all in line. That's yeah, right. she don't. You it's don't it's not an it. easy task. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Work her way up to it. I'm sure. Quite it's a while. Not. How long has it been now? Twenty. It 20? will uh, twenty-four years and counting. It'll be twenty-five in September. There you go. It's a good run. Yeah. So uh, there we are. Uh, that's us at Hensler Financial at the moment. <laughs> All right, so uh, market was down last week, and uh, we had a best of show. So I was not wrong because I didn't say the market was going to be up, which you know is always what I say. Yeah, but time uh, will. Market was down 1.73 percent over the last few days. Um, the uh, China's been causing all kind of waves, hasn't it? Well, at least the talks yeah, I, with China. I guess the talks with China. You can you can blame whomever you wish, but uh, China did 
make a deal and then went back and it was redacted enough you could thought it was the Mueller report. Uh, <laughs> There was a there were a lot of those uh, details that they had talked that they were going to uh, comply with that uh, they now have decided nah maybe not so then you saw our president go out and say uh, you know we're we're giving you to Friday you can uh, comply or else we're going up 26 percent tariffs on uh, various goods that we've talked about so. I uh, saw saw some dips in the market. It actually rebounded a little bit on Thursday after he came back and uh, and made some some different comments that you know things mm. things might be a little better than we thought. It's you know it's a bit early to say exactly what we're going to get out of this, uh, but I you know we've talked before where I agree with the president to some degree that this will not hurt us so much directly. Uh, you know the industrial complex that they have is. Pretty awesome. They do make quite a few goods, but they are not our biggest exporter right. or importer um, of goods into the U.S. Uh, actually, Mexico is. So, you know, as long as we keep our closer neighbors happy and uh, and uh, moving right along, we haven't had much of a problem with them. Yeah. Uh, it seems that in the last scrap we had with China, their markets actually did much worse, and uh, I would expect that to be the case again this time if, in fact, we do go further. Uh, I also don't believe that China wants too much of a fight because they were sitting there watching what happened, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've had uh, recent times, so while we while we do see some negatives in the, in the market, uh, it was just end of last month that we had an all-time high. Um, right. in, in the stock market in the U.S. So according to the S&P 500, things ain't too bad. Yeah, well, and not, not a whole lot's changed since we came off of that high other than a lot of this speculative talk about yeah. the negotiations, which is just amazing to me. Clients have been asking all week about it, you know, and, and I keep telling them there's not, a, there's not an effect to the bottom line yet. You don't know what's going to happen. I mean, the right. market's being spooked by it, and so prices are all over the place, but nothing has really changed. It's yeah. just... You, you don't know what terms are going to be. You don't you don't know what the outcome of all this is going to be and how it will affect domestic markets. So you, you don't go making changes just because you, you feel like something is about to fall off the cliff and, and there's not been any real changes yet and none put into place anyways. And uh, it sure does seem to have people spooked, though. Uh, we'll say that. That's, we've gotten quite a few questions this week. Sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of earnings, we did, uh, you know, we are in the middle of earnings season. This is a reporting uh, for first quarter 2019, um, when it comes to growth, earnings uh, earnings have grown by 1.77%. Sales have grown by 4.8%. This is after 441 of the 500 companies in the S&P 500 have uh, actually reported. Have the earnings actually been growing, though? I mean, last time well, we were on, we were talking about the buybacks and the financial engineering, as you put it. Yes, earnings but, per share has grown. So what you have to look for and it's happening all over the place. We'll talk a little more about this with some of the questions we have. But what you see is uh, a lot of treasury stock growing, which means that the company has been buying back their shares. Uh, treasury stock grows. Uh, leverage in the company grows because they're borrowing money to buy back those shares in many cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, earnings per share grows. But uh, you have to realize that this is a math equation. So it's it's kind of a... <laughs> Earnings divided by numbers of yeah. shares. So you've got earnings could fall as long as the number of shares we're dividing it by falls by a greater amount or yep. a greater percentage. Uh, then Looks like it's still growing. Exactly. Right? 
Exactly. So, so is that you think more of that's happening, or is it actually more true earnings? I think coming through? I think earnings have been well. And here, let's let's talk a little about surprise. So the analysts put out their opinions. Uh, earnings surprise has been six and a quarter percent. Uh, that's overall the S&P 500. Sales surprise has been a little less than that. So what's getting a lot of the press is that we've got sales growth that is uh, that is at 4.8% uh, after those 441 companies have reported, uh, yet it's missing the analysts' expectations. But they, they don't talk so much about the surprise, the negative surprise in sales, as they do how much it's grown. So, uh, you know, the, the one thing you can't cheat is revenue. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if, you're, if your earnings are not truly growing, so you'd have to look at the earnings before you divide them by the number of shares to get down to that equation. Now, I've talked about this a good bit in, in uh, recent um, months even. Uh, if you look at the P.E., of the S&P 500, the market doesn't look very out of whack, maybe 6 to 8% premium according to that measure. When you look at the S&P 500 according to price-to-sales ratio, it looks like 1999. It looks like tech bubble-type valuations. You look at price-to-earnings, yeah, the, the EBITDA, which is earnings before interest, tax, depreciation, and amortization, mm-hmm. and it looks very similar, once again, to tech bubble. So the only thing that I can decipher is the change in uh, how many companies are buying back their own shares uh, is, is making, uh, you know, some of these equations, some of these ratios that we look at uh, very different than they've been in the past. While price to earnings still looks very similar to what the long-term average is. So, um, you know, it, to me, uh, it, it's a bit scary. Um, deceiving. It's mm-hmm. deceiving. You see more leverage in the market. Uh, and, and, you know, with that going on, you have to be very careful, very careful, because it wouldn't take very much at all, especially with more leverage. Think about what happens when, uh, when uh, economic growth slows. You still owe the bank. You still owe that interest. Most companies borrow interest only, which right. we all said was stupid for a mortgage, but it's the way companies and and uh, municipalities have done it forever. Mm-hmm. They just pay back the uh, pay back the the interest, and they'll pay down on debts from time to time. But uh, you know, it's it's a something they've managed so far. Yeah. And the thing that it cheats is is true economic uh, investment. Think about it. Uh, these companies aren't out there trying to to grow in new and innovative ways if they're just buying their shares back. That money could have been better spent, or at least you know you would have had to work harder sure. to figure out exactly what it is that you should truly be investing in instead of just plowing it back into the company. Um, and you know the debate still rages on. The only time it's really smart for you to buy your company's shares is when you perceive them as undervalued. Mm-hmm. And time will tell us that. Right. And I've got to tell you that I don't believe that time is going to have a good story. It's just this is just my opinion, obviously. But, but I think there are many of those companies that are out there buying their shares at what I would consider a premium mm-hmm. to what their true value is in the market. Yeah, not much undervalued these days. Uh, sure. Yeah, it's uh, there. There's very few. I would agree <laughs> with that. Well, let's take a real quick break. When we come back, we got a dog of the week and. Uh, more financial questions answered. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks.
This is the dog. The dog of the week. All right. Dog of the week this week might be uh, more of a sheep of the week. <laughs> sheep of the week, yeah. Out in God's hear, country, or, sheep's in do, you, do you know any? Well, no, I'm trying to help you with that. <laughs> okay, this is uh, a hint. I got you. Yeah, there's there's a town in France that has come up with a creative uh, response to the government's. Uh, you know, they don't want to have uh, the, the French government doesn't want to have more than 24 students um, per class in their schools because the number of students per teacher is. Uh, tied strongly to their success in, in educating kids. So uh, this town has a, a small school, 261 students, and uh, they have 11 classes. I guess you do the math. You come up with uh, it's it's still okay for the moment. But <clears throat> what they uh, where they were going to be losing students, so uh, it was going to fall um actually too low and they were going to close it and push uh push the students to go to another town so uh the town mayor got behind the parents who didn't want to see the school closed and they allowed somewhere between 10 and 15 i've seen this reported in two different locations 10 and 15 sheep to be enrolled in their school sheep of the week what are they teaching these sheep uh, well, that was the question, and um, uh, there was, uh, you know, a few smart aleck responses, but, uh, you know, they they just, uh, I mean, honestly, this is this is the response. This is this is how you get around government red tape, I guess. Yeah. The bureaucrats will not win, not over this little town in France. It's uh, it's. They care a, a lot strange. about that ratio, don't they? Man. Uh, yes. That's yes, so it seems. And uh, <laughs> the students who were currently there uh, had a big celebration to to welcome in their new Maybe they're classmates. support sheep students. <laughs> support sheep. <laughs> there there better be something special about them because that is uh, a bit far-fetched. Uh, these sheep were provided to the school by a herder, a local herder. Um, I'm going to mess this name up. Uh, Michelle Girard, I think is the way it's pronounced. Um, I'm not from France. Nor anywhere I close. Didn't know, I, did, I thought you were. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, it's, uh, it surprises a lot of people. That's <laughs> how Ricky Bobby pronounced it. I think he did pretty good. Uh, Ricky Bobby? Yeah. Ricky Bobby. There's a Gerard in Does that he live next he to you, French. Out in God's country. Yeah. Uh, I wish I knew Ricky Bobby. Kent. That'd be did? awesome. Yeah? What about his two sons? Yes. Walker and Texas Ranger? Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be cool. It's a good thing I have. Those kids were mean girls. to their grandpa. Though. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, they could have been a little more respectful, but they make me laugh, so. Yeah. Uh, among the new students, I just got to tell you, were Dolly, Bet, and Sauté Mouton. <laughs> so it was three, at least, I mean, of the 15. Like those names, Jerry? Not I'm speechless much. at this point. Uh, clearly. Not I mean, I didn't hear a word at Normally, it. I don't. I've got a lot to say about these, but I'm just amazed. Well, are That's you right. amazed that this is allowed? I mean, this is yeah. France. This is school. On. What are they doing? They're naming these sheep crazy names, and do, they ought to be teaching the kids, man. Well, that's what, what they're trying to do. They want to teach them close to home so they don't get yeah. bust off to some other yeah. district. That's, that can't they're be. They're teaching them how to buck the system. <laughs> that's, that's what I was about to say. That's there had to be at least two <laughs> options. He told, a, 
They I taught mean, them creative thinking. If bringing the sheep in was the best option, I want to hear the other one. Yeah, That'd well, be. the other one was close the school and go. <laughs> no, man, there had to be something. Two creative crazy. options, That's, you're saying? But yeah, you're right. The knows? bureaucrats, they'll, they'll get around it. It's, yeah. So All right. do what well, you got to do. We can move on now. Um, we do have a situation we want to talk about today. Uh, and, and believe it or not, it's not about sheep or, you know, any of the craziness that we've already covered, like me being a hipster. <laughs> I know that's probably as hard to believe for some people as having sheep in school, but um, I'm a hipster nonetheless. I, if you don't believe it, you can just ask me. You're well on your way. Yeah. Uh, so uh, these two folks, Kyle and Renee, listened to the show a few weeks ago. We had uh, had Justin on, I guess, uh, the 10-year rule. Uh, applying it to your 401k. Uh, Kyle can definitely start investing in bond funds in his 401k, but his assets are in his uh, company stock. This raises a, a bit of an issue. Um, so, you know, all in tax deferred 401k, his contributions, company contributions, again, are in company stock. So he's doing one of the major no-nos that we talk about all the time. Right. I, if everything's there, 100% of his portfolio is in one company. Mm -hmm. We recommend no more than 5%, even if it is the company that you work for. And in many cases, we recommend that you don't invest in the company you work for because your retirement and your current in income is then all in one basket. Kind yeah. of a tough, you know, you lose your job or the company mm -hmm. closes down, yeah. Lord forbid. You lose well, and as you contribute over time, that's it's increasing, right? That concentration just gets worse and worse and worse. And, Precisely. You know, that's that's what's happened here. When And this is a common problem because there's a lot of big companies, you know, the, the Coca-Colas, the Home Depots, the Procter & Gambles, they all entice their employees by offering them stock in the company. Sure. And so it's it's a very hard thing to turn down. And a lot of these companies that are so big and, and diversified, you know, a lot of the employees think that, well, this is a – a very diversified company, Procter & Gamble, for instance, I've heard some of the employees say, you know, that there's 50-something product lines that they have, so they're not, they're not focused in just one area, even though they are in just one sector. Uh, they, they feel pretty safe. And while that may be the case relative to some other companies, uh, the fact of the matter is you're right. that The concentration, number one, is, is a huge risk, uh, and some people are willing to accept more risk uh, in that regard just for the – the fact that they're giving, they're being given more and more of the company's stock, and so what what happens down the road, though, what we're seeing, especially as it applies to the 10-year rule, is okay. You get you get you know 30, 40 years worth of company stock, assuming you were to stay there, and, and a lot of folks have that are getting ready to retire. It's not as common in the current generation right. as it is, in but previous. in the generation that's current, like the the yeah. ones that are currently retiring, exactly. You know, it Very. is yeah, right, absolutely, and that, and so then when we're trying to advise them on you know do you need to start covering for a 10-year rule, or, you know, making sure you've got some liquidity available so that if you do want to retire in, say, 2022, you, you don't get to 22 and it'd be a 2008, right? And then, then you're looking at that company stock and it's worth half its value, and now you're thinking, well, maybe I won't retire. Well, that's not the goal. I mean, the financial planning's purpose is to prevent that being the case and, and so that you can live the life you want to live. And yeah, Jared, or even, is, even worse, think about this. Mm -hmm. 
say it's 2015 and you own GE stock, the market's going up, yeah. and GE starts tanking because this is what we call mm -hmm. specific company risk. Yeah. There are reasons that you don't want to pile on because you can't control what the CEO does. Yeah. Or and GE other was one of the most diversified companies for such a long time. Yeah. So it's right. a great if, example. If you're trying to do something that's more risky, you must stay on top of whatever stock that company is that you own. Precisely. Um, you know, so that's not, that's number one. Yeah. If they have assets outside of their 401k plan that they could use first, that also helps them with the liquidity problem. You would want to make sure that you have the liquidity there. Right. Um, you yeah. know, it, it, but it is kind of st sometimes a lot of times in that situation, it's a, a balancing act of which, you know, are you willing to give up some of that return mm -hmm. by going ahead and providing the liquidity, you know, or that potential savings on the taxes right. by providing that liquidity, or or you, do you want to take that chance? Yeah, because really where we're going with this, and, and is only available to you if you are in this position of having primarily company stock in that account, is is uh, what we call net unrealized appreciation, it's NUA, and that allows you with the company stock that you own to be able to, upon retirement, use uh, the company stock to get it out of the IRA at tax-advantaged rates. So whatever the cost of the stock was, if you take that from your IRA and put it into a taxable account at the, uh, at the time you do this and you only get one shot at it, there's no, you, you can't do this multiple times. It's got to be done one all within 12 yeah, months or so. Right. Well, upon yeah. retirement, there is that window, and then you have to decide how much do I want to put of that company stock position into a taxable account. You would pay ordinary income on the basis but the growth on that stock over time, which again, a lot of these, a lot of these examples are 30 or 40 years worth of growth on this stock, you can be taxed on that at long-term capital gains rates, which, as we all know, is much more advantageous than the ordinary income rates you would otherwise pay if could, you just could took pay, it yeah. from the Fair. IRA. Right? Yeah, the max, the max rate for ordinary income is 37 percent, while. Mm -hmm. For uh, uh, capital gains, it's somewhere between 15 and 20. Yeah, 20 would be the highest that right. you'd pay uh, from, from a long-term capital gains Yeah, so it's pretty significant, and, yeah. and it uh, would require, you know, somebody that could show you the strategy, mm -hmm. uh, making sure that, it, that you were able to benefit greatly yeah. from the, the difference. And, and let's face it, you talk about a million dollars worth of stock that's been collected over 40 years uh, you know, you're talking about an average of 10.5% per year for the S&P 500. If mm -hmm. this is a big company, and most of them are, mm -hmm. uh, it would have probably appreciated probably right along that same range. Yeah, these last 10 years, I mean, my uh, goodness. Right, yeah. So so you're talking about a, a significant difference. It could be as little as $50,000. It's grown into a million mm -hmm. where your cost basis is all you're going to pay the tax on it. You'll pay on that smaller amount instead of a, the the face value, market value of the whole holding today. Right. So uh, that's uh, it's a pretty important piece that uh, you can't forget. And, uh, you know, we would still recommend do what you can within reason to lower your concentration in your portfolio. It's just, uh, it, it doesn't it, make we've sense. We've seen it happen too many times where right. a client has held you know, a particular company and they're, you know, they're just attached to it for whatever reason, you know, they work there, you know, yeah. they inherited it, whatever the situation may be, you just really, you know, it, that's a danger. Yeah, one of the behavioral heuristics that we see so often is the fact that 
you know, these folks are, uh, you know, they they feel like they're familiar enough with the company. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes it ain't fine. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, let's take a real quick break. When we get back, we will uh, cover some more financial questions from listeners. And uh, you're listening to Money Talk. Stick around. Listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Jared McKenzie and Jennifer Thomas, and uh, we've been talking a little bit about net unrealized um, assets. Is that right? Appreciation. Yeah, appreciation. Mm-hmm. How about that? Was I listening to these? There's anyway? a lot of acronyms, man. You know, you, think, yeah. you throw around all the, the stuff we talk about on the show, designations and all that stuff. You're yeah. right. Yeah, I it's didn't talk about much alphabet of those soup. Today. It, yeah. it can get that way. All right, so if you've got questions you'd like for us to answer on the air for you, you can get in touch with us by calling our question hotline at 1-855-429-9166. You leave your question, you leave your, your uh, comment, whatever it is, include your question. Uh, we play the question back on the air and answer right behind it. Uh, if you prefer to talk to a human being, uh, you can call 770-429-9166. Ask for uh, the radio show. You'll get our, our uh, lovely radio show producer, Kelly Lynn, and uh, she will get your question to us. If you don't prefer to call at all, you can email drgene at hensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. You can also go to hensler.com. We've got a new website. It's just been up a month or so. Um, and uh, not that we didn't have one before. It's just a new it's updated. It That's is. Right. It is uh, fresh. Look. Talking about that, I mean, it's it's more hipster than I am. Uh, <laughs> Thank but only, goodness. But only slightly. Oh, Jennifer, oh, come on! You're breaking man. my heart. Uh, Don't be deterring our web traffic now. Those. Look, man, it's it's cooler <laughs> than a lime scooter. <clears throat> anyway, I said cool. Oh. It's still cool. Still a word, by the way. It's it's woker. Yeah. I don't think Woker's even used by them. No. Nah, probably, probably not. not. All right, well, that's the reason <laughs> I can't grow a man bun. So I don't really know the language that well. Anyway, you can go to our new website, Hensler.com, spelled the same way, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com, uh, and have your questions uh, answered if they are broad enough. If they're real specific, you probably ought to call, talk to Jennifer, talk to to uh, Jarrett. Um, they can help you out with those more specifically uh, we do have a, a, a question we'd like to answer at the moment. Our good friend Tom, who called and talked to our producer last week uh, while we were out, wants to know, with Boeing being down because of uh, its recent problems, uh, would now be a good time to buy because the stock has taken such a big hit? Uh, are there any other stocks that you recommend buying now that have fallen, uh, making now a good time to buy? Uh, that's a good question. Actually, it points to one of the things that is pretty common. A lot of folks like to buy the dips. All I got to tell you is be careful about buying the dips. There is uh, quite often you'll see a company fall for good reason. I think Boeing is one of those. And to be honest, we even before any of this news broke about Boeing 737 Max planes, the thing that I had the bigger problem with was the valuation of Boeing. If you look at um, at what we've got. Companies expected to grow earnings 12.21% in the future. Uh, you know, you look at, uh, at this. This is one of those classic companies that I was kind of talking about in general for the S&P 500. 
2013, they bought back 10.9% uh, uh, of Treasury stock, grew by 10.9%. Since then, 2014, 15, 16, 17, and 18, um, the growth in Treasury stock has been more than 20% per year. So they've just been buying it back like crazy. Yeah. Would you like to guess the debt-to-equity ratio? Well, just guess, Jared. Come on. Mm, Percentage. Man. Common is around 20%, 30%, right? Yeah, I was going to say. Probably not too bad. 40 to 50. How about 4,084%? This company has levered up like nobody's business, and a lot of it is to buy back those shares. Mm -hmm. This this also, Boeing is, is uh, one that... Has a lot of backlog. You know, it'll go out and sell planes when times are fat, things are good, everything's going great. Uh, but what winds up happening is when you run into a recession, those contracts can be canceled. Mm -hmm. And uh, when economic contractions come, that's precisely what happens. Guess what? It's not real hard to unwind that 4,000% <laughs> debt-to-equity right. ratio. Debt-to-assets is only 118 Mm-hmm. But honestly, that's that's what you've been seeing. It's you know a company that's borrowed a lot of money to buy back shares, well, and it falls squarely in that other piece that I was talking about the ratios earlier in the show. Um, if you look at uh, the price to earnings, it's at currently twenty point one three. A long term PE for this company is eighteen point nine five. Only a six percent premium to their long term price to earnings ratio. Price to sales is one point nine nine five versus their long-term average of 0.88. That's 126% above their long-term average. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, higher than it's been since the tech bubble. The only time that it was at a higher uh, valuation, according to sales, was during the tech bubble. Price to EBITDA, 14.77 right now, long-term average 10.1, 46% premium, according to that. These are the kind of numbers that I'm telling you are very common. Mm -hmm. Now, that being the case, my answer, short answer is no. I would not buy Boeing at the moment. Um, the kind of companies that I would be looking for, consumer staples have been overlooked terribly. Look in that space. I think uh, you'll find you'll find some pretty yeah. decent picks. Um, well, Tom's not the only one that's been asking about Boeing. We've had quite a few people doing it because, you know, it's sure. been a popular stock. We used to own it in the model years ago, and we've been having conversations about it. And I, I've been telling something you said to me long ago about a totally different stock, but it's it's more or less that they're, Boeing's not going anywhere. Right. But there's better places to be in the meantime while they turn some of this around with all that you just sure. mentioned that they've gotten themselves into. It's kind of right. like GE. They're not going anywhere either, but are you going to do better off by getting you know in with GE at a low price now or maybe investing in something else like a Procter & Gamble or other staples? Some of those others, yeah. Right, and then maybe down the road, once they have got the turnaround kind of going, then you get back in because right. if you just stay stagnant in the meantime, there's not going to be any progress made. And although you got in at a low price, if you got to wait, five plus years to yeah. really make any money, yeah. it's a better place to be. So I would make the case if it's cheap for a reason, maybe so if you understand the reason well enough, this stock isn't cheap. It's just cheap relative to where it was <laughs> a few months ago. Right. It, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, these numbers are from this week. The, the, it just still looks really expensive even after it's gotten a beat down. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, with Boeing, I wouldn't go there. You mentioned P&G. Love the stocks. They've got some some initiatives going on since their recent proxy vote fight, uh, which was last year, 2018. 
Uh, you know, they got Nelson Peltz on the board now. He's going to probably move in, shake things up. That's a great stock. Well, and, the, and for the second half of Tom's question there, while P&G's not one that's fallen, it would be a good one to own. There are some others I can think of, a couple in particular, that would be great to own, but... Tom, you're going to have to call us personally to get those. How about that? <laughs> there you go. There's the tease. That number is 770-429-9166. Give us a call. We'd love to talk to you. All right. Uh, let's see. we got uh, another one here. Uh, Sandra and Jill from Marietta say that uh, they, they're having a, a midlife crisis. This is not the kind. This is a midlife financial crisis, not the kind where you go out and buy a, a fancy new car or something. Uh, we're in our mid-late 40s. Uh, Jill lost her job. The company didn't pay out back pay, several paychecks, and uh, other monies they owed before the company went under. Ouch. Uh, compound, to compound the crisis, we've had a car accident, and my own health has been keeping me in and out of the hospital. Uh, we've blown through our emergency fund and are at a point where we are looking at my 401K. I don't want to, uh, to touch it, um, but what else can we do? Can't right. bar, you can't borrow for retirement. We know this. You can't borrow for retirement? Is that what right. you're saying? Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, the 401K would be eligible for a loan, and that's part of this answer. But I think before you even get down that path, you, you've got to assess your budget because that's where it all starts, right? I mean, if your income has decreased because a, a job has been lost or there's been some medical bills and whatnot, the, the Netflix has got to go, you know, the, the, the smartphone stuff. I mean, it's really getting down to the necessities and all the discretionary stuff uh, has got to come out of the budget. And only once you've done that do I think you start looking at tapping retirement accounts. And and while that's what the question says here as far as the, the account being tapped, when it comes to an employer-sponsored plan like the defined contribution plan or 401K, uh, those are eligible for loans. And, and maybe a loan is more uh, appropriate here than taking a distribution. You know, if, if uh, depending on their age, which with them being in their 40s, they would get penalized for taking it. Yeah. So the loan is more appropriate. Yeah, there, I mean, you can get hardship distributions from time to time, yep. but you can, like, if you think this is a temporary situation, you can borrow typically up to 50% of right. the value. Yeah. Um, yeah, as long as the rate is less than 10%, which or is the penalty. I think the maximum is sometimes is like 50000 or yeah. I mean, there are certain limits. You have to. You need to check with your plan sponsor on what those limitations are. But you could, you know look to do that but understand you're adding another payment then mm -hmm. because true. then you've got a payment to pay that you know or it's reducing it, it reducing your paycheck right. got to pay it back no yep. doubt all right well let's uh let's take another quick break and when we come back we'll answer a few more questions stick around you're listening to money talks Come on, Jennifer, you're killing me over there. <laughs> All right, you're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon. I used to think I was hip until Jennifer showed up, and now I'm I'm just something she I've, raked I've off her shoe. I've her bubble. <laughs> she, uh, horribly. I mean, I, I, my kids give me feedback, and I just don't believe. But this is the most adult person in the room at the moment. 
So, uh, did you I, say I, elderly? Is I did not call you elderly. I said adult. Oh, okay. adult. You know, well, think about it. Nice. We're, I like, I Jared and I are men, there. obviously. Our, our maturity usually stops about the eighth grade. It's true. Women continue to grow and mature and, you know, become adults. Fair so, enough. Uh, anyway, uh, it was not a... You've been, you've been married a while. I can you? tell. Of course. Uh, <laughs> I can tell Jennifer is just, just not no, playing along today. Stuff. All right, so you're listening to Money Talk. Troy Harmon, I'm here with Jarrett McKenzie and Jennifer Thomas. And uh, if you would like to have us answer your financial questions, we'd love to hear from you. Question hotline, 1-855-429-9166. You leave your question on our recording. Uh, We play it back on the air, answer right behind it. Uh, If you'd like to talk to a human being, you can call 770-429-9166. You can ask for our radio producer, Kelly Lynn, and she will get your question to us. same number you can reach Jarrett or uh, Jennifer if you have financial planning questions. Um, they can uh, they can always help you out. And uh, if you would like to talk to nobody and just email us, it's Dr. Gene at Hensler dot com, D R G E N E at H E N S S L E R dot com. Hensler dot com is also our website, which I mentioned earlier, has been updated recently. So let's get into uh, one last comment on our uh, our conversation from previous uh, where we had Sandra and Jill who were having a mid- midlife financial crisis wanting to know what they do. They've ran through their uh, they ran through their emergency fund and now they're contemplating tapping the 401k. What yeah. uh, Jared, what do you want to tell us? Is not that's not an ideal you know answer, but it, it's a it's a prudent one at some point. Again, if you've looked at the budget and made sure you've kind of minimize the discretionary expenses but we just wanted to make sure that there you you don't go out and run up debt say put these medical bills and and whatever else you might need if your car needs to be fixed things like that you don't put that on a credit card to avoid tapping a retirement account i mean that that, it's just the lesser of two evils at that point but just know that especially with as high as these interest rates on credit cards typically are do not go spend on the credit card over tapping the retirement account because that's that's almost always going to be uh, a, a worse scenario for you in the end. Yeah. Uh, even if you are reducing your retirement monies, it's just... Yeah. But, you know, if you do have medical bills, a lot of times, you know, hospitals, doctor's offices, those places will work with you um, where you don't have to pay everything at once. So there's no harm in asking them, you know, can I set up a payment plan and do that? Um Right. Yeah. Don't don't like we were saying during the break, they're not going to bring it up to you. So right. go ask the question, because I would bet you nine times out of ten, they're going to be willing to do something. It, it may not be They'll what you want. You. Right. Mm-hmm. But they will do something. And there may be no interest charged on that whatsoever, which is a whole lot better than you paying a 10 percent penalty, mm-hmm. you know, to pull money out of your 401k plus pay taxes on it. You know, or like Jarrett said, to put it on a credit card and then you're paying interest. Yeah, yeah, that'd be my first stop along mm-hmm. the way, just to see if you could do something with that. That uh, help Go, going into debt would be with. a last scenario. Yeah, you're not going to bar your way out of debt. It just <laughs> right. doesn't work that <laughs> That's way. That's a good good way to put it. Yeah. Absolutely, not ever. All right, uh, with the short time we have left, I think uh, let's let's talk about this question. Travis from Milton says, uh, "Is there any way to maxim or minimize rather?" The tax I owe on my Social Security benefit. Well, 
I, I'll start with how many people in this room like to pay taxes? Not a one. None of us. Nobody likes to pay taxes. Nobody likes to pay taxes. But one of my favorite things is I actually want to pay taxes because the more I earn the, or the more I make, the more taxes I get to pay. Absolutely. You know, and I know it's kind of a backwards way of saying it. Nobody wants to pay more than their fair share. But um, there are some strategies that you can do if you can kind of bunch income into certain years so that, you know, or spread it out between, you know, they're different. Especially if you're getting income from other sources and you know it's coming. A lot of times you can't control how, I mean, you know that you're going to have a certain amount of income, whether it's from pensions, um, you know, that if you have dividends and interest, you know approximately how much that's going to be off of your investments, you know, where sometimes you see people get frustrated is, you know, they, an investment gets sold, they have large capital gains, and then it, you know, it increases their Medicare premiums, right. and yeah. which reduces down the amount of Social Security that they get. Right. And yeah. so you see the frustration in that, but at the same time, it's also, if it happens one year, you know, then... The next year it may not happen, and it, you'll see that reduction go back, you know, or that increase, the reduction in the Medicare premiums happen, and the mm. increase in the Social Security that you receive come right. back. Right, right. Um, I know that it can be frustrating, but there's sometimes that there's nothing you can do. Yeah. You can try to watch it and try to make sure and understand what's going to affect it. Um if you're paying more tax on it, though, you, it's because it's you're because making you more make, money, right? Yeah, you make more money. And, and the people that made these laws and rules may not be the smartest people in the room, but they're smart enough to make it so that you, if, you, if you're going to make more money, you are going to pay more tax, and there's just no way around it. I guarantee you, though, even if you are not minimizing the tax on your Social Security benefit because you're avoiding making money, you will be better off by making more money and paying more tax on that benefit than you, you would be by avoiding it. You don't pay everything you make in tax. There is no 100%. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's not a bracket that yeah. makes you give it all back. Well, right. And this Ever. is not one of those VA benefits where people, you know, they're, they're looking to try. They don't want to lose that benefit, right? So that's yeah. a, that, that is a, a different scenario, I think, when you've got something that you could lose, like a Social Security disability for instance, where they're paying it because you're not supposed to have income since you're disabled, and then you could potentially lose it altogether. That's different than a tax, which I would be happy. I'm with Jennifer. I, I, I don't I'm not looking to pay tax, but I'm happy to do it if if necessary because it means I've made more right. money. Made more but money. you can't yep. you can't be smart about it. Like if it's at the end of the year and you have a you know a, a position where you know you have a large gain, look at what what it would do if you sold all of it to your Medicare premiums. Look at what it would do if you sold half of it this year and half of it next year. Maybe that would be better for you to do, and it might not increase your Medicare premiums. Right. Yeah. So there's things that you could, you know, kind of balance it out. But right. but, but by putting it off, the, the other thing is, I mean, th- th- there's nobody knows exactly what's going to happen right. tomorrow, right? Right. So you might run into a situation where you sold half of it today, and then, and, and a then week it from declines now, yeah, significantly, mm-hmm. and you don't owe any tax on it anymore. But guess what? Mm-hmm. You've lost more than mm-hmm. you would have paid because you only pay a portion of the gain in tax. Right. So, you know, when when uh, folks come to us, and we hear this all the time, you know, you you created this this tax situation in my account. Yeah, you're telling me we made you money. Mm-hmm. It's not the bad thing. Yeah. This is this was the goal when you invested your money. Yeah, if if you can minimize it otherwise, as long as there wouldn't have been another way for you to make that same money and pay less tax, 
then you should be fine to pay it because sure. you're optimizing the situation then. But when it comes to these these benefits like Social Security, there's just no way. I mean, you are making more money, and I think that that's relatively small for most people when you're looking at retirement accounts. You don't want to try to not make money just to avoid yeah, right. some tax. And there so are if, smart things to do with taxes, which we've talked about before. Like if you're retiring, uh, you know, and you're not yet 70 and a half, you might be able to pull money out of your IRA at a lower tax bracket than waiting till 70 mm-hmm. and a half. But yeah, to your well, point, here's, that, it's very circumstantial. Yes, you gotta everything look at is it. circumstantial. Every single situation is different. Here's the thing. If I invest 100 bucks, and it makes me $100 more, Mm-hmm. Over the years, I've got a long-term gain. I'm going to pay 15 or 20 percent on the capital gain. Yep. I walk away with 180 bucks, paying the government 20. Mm-hmm. At worst scenario, right? How is that a bad thing? It's not. It's made not. a lot of progress in that, exactly. in that case. All right. Well, that's uh, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening to Money Talks. We'll be back next week. I say the market's up. Gotta up. be. Gotta be. There we go. Market up. Thanks for listening. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.